1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Ah, what abusive? My friendship with Cody.
5: Oh, no
4: shit. I'm Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards, podcast about terrible people with my good friend, Cody Johnston. Cody, how are you doing? Hello there. I'm spectacular. I couldn't You're, be better. And you look fantastic.
6: won't be judging from...
4: No. You're, the little you're I know have, about what we're going to talk about. You're going to have a terrible day today, Cody. Cody, you are the host of Some More News and the co-host of the podcast with a similar but not exactly the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube Sensation, it would be fair to say. And Oh, my, absolutely. Yeah, and my friend of many years. And Cody, do you, are you familiar with the concept of love languages? I am. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's this idea that that people, there's different people express love in different ways. And and a major part of having a healthy relationship is understanding the way that the people in your life express love and, and communicating to them the way that you do so that you don't misunderstand each other and you appreciate, you know, when the other person tries to share with you the way they feel. And mm-hmm. I've, I've come to recognize over the years, Cody, that you and I have a particular love language. Mm -hmm. It started a couple of years ago when you began telling me about Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. Mm. Um, That all culminated in me putting together like a three-hour podcast series about the life of Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. And then a couple of years later, you put together a three-hour video about Mm. everything Jordan Peterson has ever said and done. Yes. And and I just watched that, Cody. And now I am about to sit down with you and I am about to share as part of my love language some more f- about jordan b peterson <laughs> <laughs> this is what we
6: call romance um, Yeah, this is and mm-hmm. romance uh, there's yes. nothing pure Mm-mm. um so thank you um yeah. I, re- I receive <laughs> i receive
5: <laughs> <laughs> i believe i started this by saying cody i love you i'm sorry
6: <laughs> Instant, no, instantly apologetic as soon as i popped off
4: <laughs> cody You know, Mister Peterson, Doctor Mister Peterson, Mm. Um, and you know, I'm sure that he has recently started a new television show, a hit new TV show. Uh, Everybody's talking about it on the Daily Wire. Can Uh, we call it a TV show? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like a show. It's like a show. It is. It it has the.
5: (laughs) It's like a show. Is a great description. Like it's a show
4: for sure. Like like. It it contains the totemic sigils that were associated as being like a television show. So like if you were like the things that like the 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 representative artifacts that signify that something is a TV show are present in this thing, which is not a TV show. It's on the Daily Wire's website. Um, not even Daily Wire Plus on their website. No. Or is well, it? Yeah, you have to yeah. have whatever their streaming account is. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Cody, I'm not going to tell you how I got this show. Um, <laughs> I you, you don't need to. It's, a, it's but OK. It's, I understand. I, I, <laughs> it's called Dragons, Monsters and Men. Um, boring. God, that's classic. Uh, boring I know. I know. Peterson I think. How do you think there's any chance at all that like the name was picked in part because they're like, well, the new Game of Thrones and the yes, new Lord of the Rings exactly shows are coming. One hundred percent. One
5: hundred percent. One hundred ten percent. I think so because
4: the intro. Like, I was gonna you know, say that like, <laughs> so. You watched the new Lord of the Rings show, Cody? I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's, it's pretty good. I I like it, but the intro of it is very clearly doing a Game of Thrones. Yeah, sure. like they that that kind of like where it's sort of a a a, a kind of abstract representation um, using like symbols and stuff and whatever. Sure. Um, it's fine. Uh, I I. But they're doing the same thing in Dragons, Monsters, and Men to open the series.
6: Yeah. Well. Cause so, uh, for listeners, uh. A, sh- a screen is being shared w- with me and the first uh frame of this show is on screen and i instantly believe you and agree with you and the, yeah. like it's not even i it's not even a letter i'm looking at i'm looking at the shape of a part of a letter from the intro yeah. i'm like yeah they're
4: doing game of thrones yeah there, it's, it's all smoky and dusty and like yeah let's just let's play the start of this and, and you at home will hear it and then we'll kind of describe what we're seeing after <sighs> you've heard it, but I, I think both are valuable.
5: Cody, I'm sorry. I love you. It's okay. And oh, it's not play. even
4: starting okay. yet,
5: Sophie. <laughs>
4: oh. <laughs> 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 Wait. <laughs> 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 oh. Cody.
6: What? Hey, now. They can't do this. <laughs>
4: Come on. All right. All right. All right. Let's let's pause it and talk and about it. And then is that. it just him at, the, at a chair? It's just him in a chair, but <laughs> So 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 what All we right. see in that <laughs> intro is like a bunch of they kind of look like stone age glyphs. A mix of like stuff that might be runic shapes. I'm not a runes mm-hmm. expert. Maybe they're actual runes. Um, buy, and a like mix fake of, runes in like a video game. Yeah, I'm gonna know, guess you gotta fake collect runes. the runes, you know. There's yeah. like animal glyphs, there's like a an arrow that's going up like progress and then turns down, probably because the liberals started doing a gender. Yeah. Um,
6: the, yeah.
4: <laughs> the rune for wokeness. Yeah, the the woke rune. God. Um and then when you heard that, ching, and then that, a bunch yeah. of fire blew on the screen. It did. Followed by the logo: dragons, monsters, and men.
6: Dragons are your challenges. Monsters are the demons you have to
4: slay, and men are the Wow, <laughs> it's like you've spent dozens of hours watching Dr. <laughs> Jordan Peterson talk just, about his ideas. It's just like
6: <laughs> it was basic symbolism and shit. All right.
4: Yeah, it, it 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 is it is Cody. It is kind of. I think Jordan Peterson would have been a really inspirational, like, sixth grade creative writing teacher. Mm-hmm.
6: <laughs> yeah. 100%. I've always and, thought, like, hey, yeah. man, go out, write a book. Not your weird books. <laughs> <Fiction>. <laughs> <laughs> write a novel. R- write a fiction book. And, like, use all your ideas and your archetypes and your symbolism and, and say a story that you think should be told with all those ideas. And then maybe people will <laughs> finally see the... Uh, What you believe. I
4: I think something different is going to happen, Cody. I agree. So the episode one is titled, What Makes a Man? And once the title crawl finishes, we're presented with Jordan Peterson wearing a nice fitted blue suit and sitting in a leather armchair in a library. There's a large like hourglass style clock that's about four feet behind him. And what's interesting to me is how all the production value and intensity they've tried to build up at the start of the episode dissipates the instant Jordan starts talking. And I'm going to have Sophie click play to, to, to display that. I can't.
5: I'm sorry, Cody. I love you.
7: <laughs> there are multiple dimensions of, let's say, competence and authority. Multiple. Especially in a sophisticated society. And so you're fortunate if you're good at one or two things. Most of the ways you could be competent and generous, you're just not that good at. So first of all, I would say don't be too disheartened, especially okay. if you're young. What, okay, like, pause
4: it, <laughs> So, I, l- listeners, what's just happened on screen is that, obviously, you can hear him talking. It's just him sitting in the chair. And after, like, 20 seconds, the screen splits, and we watch a close-up of his face next to a slightly further out shot of his face, both at the same time. Um, it's I, I, I,
6: really <laughs> off-putting and disconcerting. It's because they know they know what they've done. They right? know it's really they boring, threw, right? They yeah. threw... God knows how much money at this guy. Like, millions of dollars, I assume. Probably millions uh, of dollars. A lot yeah. of, like, they're just, that's why, he literally said this out loud in one of his yeah. videos. Like, yeah, they gave me a lot of money. Uh, and more power to him, go for it. But, uh, so they know what they've done, but ultimately, and the Daily Wire Plus wants to be the programming. Like, they want yeah. to anti-woke, yeah. like the TV that you don't get on HBO, which we secretly love, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so, they've thrown all this money at it, but ultimately what they bought was jordan peterson doing his lectures which is just a guy on stage that's it so they have to make it seem somewhat like cinematic or exciting or visually interesting at all and so they have two cameras follow
4: him and do a split cody cody i'm gonna give you a spoiler at a certain point there's gonna be three
6: Wow. I, oh God. Wait, I was like, I was, I was like waiting. Like, well, at a certain point,
4: they do like reenactments, or like no, they film. No, like, no, no, a third. No. It is never anything but Jordan Peterson on screen. <laughs>
5: okay, here's, here's, here's. Okay, here's my slight feedback here. So he's worked very hard. Like the hair is perfectly slicked back. He's chosen, you know, the coat. Why is his tie crooked and why is his shirt wrinkled? <laughs> Two notes. Those were my two notes. You clearly tried super hard to have this like put together image, but yet your shirt is wrinkled and your tie is crooked. What is happening? Also, what is that tie?
6: They didn't. I'm I'm just gonna say, like I don't want to. Benzo shakes, possibly the benzo shakes. I'm just gonna say it's the benzo (laughs) shakes. You know, glass houses and so on. I. I wear a very crumpled suit and tie mm-hmm. on my show. I um, do not own a suit or tie <laughs> on purpose.
5: But you look um, fabulous, Cody. Thank you so much. This man does not.
6: Yeah. <laughs> well, like he seems, it just seems like the kind of guy who'd be like, "Well, no, co-
4: iron my shirt."
5: Yeah, that's before
6: my, point. my 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 big show.
4: My nicest um, outfit is an open hoodie with a Bart Simpson Gulf War. Commemorative t shirt. It's all I mean, right. It, it, it he, spells Saddam Hussein Huskins.
5: <laughs> he's like put a lot of effort into it. Like he's gone through the trouble of calling up Gavin Newsop and being like, What hair gel do you use? Mm-hmm. And using all the hair gel. And but yet, crooked tie, wrinkled shirt. Mm-hmm. Just very interesting to note. Shall we continue, Robert? Also,
6: Sophie, real quick, get used to the hands. He yeah, does yeah, not, he will not stop doing the little magic I know. fingers. He loves now, the little
4: magic fingers,
5: spirit fingers, Cody, for if, you, as if much much money
4: as I'm sure they're spending on this. And for all mm-hmm. the production value that existed in the first 28 seconds, <laughs> um, which is going to be the most exciting thing we see today. <laughs> uh, it's I think <laughs> the episodes. I don't even think there's scripts to these. Like you said, it's just like they filmed a lecture. Mm-hmm. This isn't I've seen his lectures mm-hmm. and they are normally like he's wrong about things but he knows how to give a competent lecture right where he like builds to a point and yeah, the And takes it has an on, impact sort of, on the yeah. audience that's why he's been successful that's not what we're having here there's no nothing he's building to he is just sitting in a chair and kind of talking mm. almost aimlessly um uh, yeah i want just listen listen to <laughs> this next bit this is great yeah. <laughs> okay, i will so my prediction so this
6: seems like what you're describing is uh so like you know, you've, you've written a lot about him. I recently released a three-hour video about him. Uh, in doing so, you have to watch a lot of YouTube videos of him. Uh, and in doing that, your algorithm gets completely fucked. Um, and so if you're, like, yeah. scrolling, like, YouTube shorts or something, here's, like, oh, here's this 50-second clip of Jordan Peterson on a podcast rambling about whatever. And it seems like that's what this experience will be. Just, like, scrolling through these, like, 50-second clips of him, like, random thought about this. I can say this about monsters and then just sort of like let him go.
4: Yeah, they just kind of sat down and let him go. And you can kind of see in the editing and then gradually how the off-screen questions are kind of directing him that I think they Mm -hmm. recognize they made a mistake about 10 minutes into this. But I want to play you the next set of clips here. Excellent.
5: Sorry, Cody, I love you.
7: What should I do? (laughs) And part of the problem is the question, what should I do with my life is not a very good question because it's sort of like, Tell me about everything. It's it's just What's too up? much. <laughs> uh, what do you do with your life? Exactly. Well, you say you do many things. Okay, what are those things? Because I don't know what to do. Incredible well, advice. What other people like- do that appear to give their lives significance and meaning? And this is bears on the issue of responsibility. Well, <laughs> S- most people want to have or do have an intimate partner. So if you don't have the one, the screen hey, has split work so you can that. see his hands how from do you the work on the side. Well you don't like, work on that by going to find the person that's right for you. It's like, who the hell are you? And what makes you think that even if you found the person that was right for you, they wouldn't take one look at you and run away screaming? What why does talk
6: like this? Like
5: what is, I, I don't know. Can't he just
6: cause he's he's like circling really banal advice.
5: Like what he, he can't get to in it.
6: the
4: in the roughly a minute that we played, 50-ish seconds. The the actual point he has made is that like life includes a lot of things and it's, uh, you shouldn't try to find someone to fall in love with.
6: Right. Like life is complicated. You got to narrow it down your goals.
4: And like, but like the point he's, the broader point he's making is that like, young men shouldn't seek to find someone to complete them. They should become the person that like is, you know, which is fine advice. That's good advice. Focus on
6: yourself. Right. Of course. At the same time, because also he talks like really contradictory too, because he's saying it as if like, well, why do you want to like, Oh, get, find an intimate, intimate partner, uh, Who's like, right for you. Well, what makes you think that they're going to like you? So like he's talking about it in this dismissive way where it's like, don't even try. Yeah. And then he's coming back to, you need to work on yourself before you do that. In order to what? Because ultimately what he's saying is work on yourself in order to be of value to a partner. So he's still encouraging this end goal. He's just saying like, yeah, take some time. You need to work on yourself. Yeah, it's just such a weird way to to say these things.
4: It's 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 pointlessly long, and and after meandering for a little while longer. Peterson announces that the primary thing that young men have going for them uh, is youth and possibility, which is what sets them apart from the olds who have money and the ab- ability to wear nice suits while seated in a library funded by <laughs> oil and gas billionaire investments, but don't have as much energy or as much time. Mm-hmm. Peterson makes the claim that if you're young and poor, you still have an unbelievable source of wealth because you're young and obviously no one would change being young for being decrepit and rich. Now this seems to exist agree- that an awful lot of rich people are in excellent shape and stay that mm. way for a long time because it's very how easy come? to eat well and seek medical care uh, if you have money
6: uh, i see good good stuff uh, jordan he's done this before about like wealth yeah. and stuff where it's like oh you know everybody has problems you know it's they're not rich you're, you're richer. you're poor you know you're richer. you're poor you you know everybody gets sick it's like yeah, yeah. but but how do you what do you do if you get sick and you yeah, poor? What do you do
4: if you get sick and you and you're rich? Like it's it, so. It's, it's like people looking at Keanu, who is like pushing sixty and being like, "Wow, he looks incredible." And I'm sure Keanu Reeves, the first thing he would say is, "Yeah, because I have tens of millions of dollars."
6: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like that he, video of uh, uh uh Rob uh Mac on yeah, it's always yeah, sunny yeah, describing on, his yeah. how he got in shape. It's like yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> If you, if you
4: have unlimited money, then it's very if easy. If you don't spend time as as with it's anybody the and you thing eat? you have to do. yeah, yeah. Silly. um, it, Very silly. Now, look, most of what Peterson is trying to get out here is like his normal 12 rules for life shit, just not at all very well organized. Um, And it's certainly not yet offensive advice, although he's ignoring things in a way that is kind of offensive. But it's true that if you're young and healthy, that is worth a lot. Right. Youth and health are, are yeah. very valuable things.
6: Time is valuable. It's of course. Like, again, yeah, it's like this thing he does where it's like what you're saying Like if you shave everything away, yeah, it's a fine point that a lot of people make on like Airbnb (laughs) art. Yeah, exactly. And but he couches it in this like monsters and dragons and men. It's like, well, you're just sitting in a chair. He he
4: said nothing. Nothing that he said that's right is something you couldn't find on the wall of an Airbnb in Glendale, California. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and it, it's funny because he starts at this like very basic point that like yes, health youth and and health are 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 valuable. But like a lot of his platitudes in this episode, it starts to spin out like tires losing traction in mud mm-hmm. and it's very funny to listen to. Sophie, I'm going to have you play this <laughs> next
7: clip. Are you good at anything? And if the answer to that is no, well, how about you start practicing being good at something? Pick one thing. Well, what? Well, Not nothing. Pick something. Maybe it's a video game. (laughs) (laughs) Truly
4: truly sage advice, Dr. Peterson. Just like
7: talk like a
6: guy who's ever talked to a person before. Yeah. This is also, and I have to say, this is, and I'll probably have to point this out every 30 seconds. This is something he says all the time in every interview he's ever been in being asked about advice for people. Uh, this, like, pick something and do it. I've heard Which, it 90 different times, yes. in 90 different interviews, in 90 different, like, Alpha Brain Academy clip on YouTube. Uh, why
4: did they give this guy so much money for this like, show? Yes, acquiring skills is is useful in life. <laughs> it's just, like, bizarre. Of course. Also, Go. <laughs> yeah, so he goes on to say that getting good at anything helps you learn how to get good at other things, which is true, but not in a way that really means anything. Like, if you get good at a video game, which he actually suggests here, that probably won't actually help you get good at endurance running, even though you could, like, boil it down and be like, well, both require you to do something over and over again until you get better at it. But, like, playing video games is pleasurable and physically not difficult on your body, whereas distance running is really difficult on your body and makes you uncomfortable for extended periods of time. And so the fact that you got good at a video game probably won't help you with your endurance running. Not that there aren't people who are good at both, but the fact that like skills are not universally applicable.
6: Right, one doesn't necessarily lead to the other... And like running, you know, running might make you better at a video game because like exercise like is good for your brain and like your focus and attention and things. And that's what you need when you play a video game. If you play a video game, it might help you with like pattern recognition and certain things like that. Um, But like (laughs) you can't just like pick two things and say, do this and you'll get better at the other. It's
4: yeah. It's also like I I think there's actually a fundamental flaw in the logic that like learning how to get good at one thing means you'll get good at other things. Because as a general rule, the things that people get best at first are the things that they're like inclined towards because of basic interest. And an awful lot of actual success is getting good at things that you're not inclined to, but you need to build up some level of confidence in because like a lot of life is just kind of unpleasant. Mm -hmm. Um and you gotta uh, do things you
6: don't like and get good at them so
4: you can do them well and get them over with. Exactly. Like if if you love basketball Um, And you hate numbers. The fact that the skills that that made you good at basketball might not make you good at paying your taxes, which is why people who become professional sports players generally hire professional accountants. Right. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Um, But whatever. Anyway, continue, Jordan Peterson. (laughs) So the, the next thing he goes into is he talks about how he, when he was a young man, the thing that he became good at first was washing dishes, um, which I don't know that he actually did this, but he's claiming this because it makes him seem like a man of the people. He has am, claimed this before as well. Yeah, <laughs> I am not certain he ever did this job, but a lot of people do. So let's just hear him out.
7: And so what else do you have to do to be a good dishwasher? Learn the techniques. Stay on, stay on your toes. Volunteer to work when other people don't show up. Um show an interest in learning to cook. Get along with the waitresses. Uh maybe yeah. get along with the customers. Act like an adult. And all of that's excellent practice for all sorts of things
4: you're gonna do later. Now this is Cody. What? Do h- what? you know what? Robert? what I, I, have you known a lot of people who did dishwashing? Specifically, not just like their job included dishwashing, but like people who's, whose Yeah, actual. like I've worked in
6: restaurants and yeah. like I've I've done dishwashing, and I've now, known many
4: dishwashers at the jobs Cody, that I've had. Is it not, would you say, generally accepted as good advice, that you keep the dishwashers the fuck away from the customers?
6: Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't need that. But also, you like, keep the dishwashers happy, and, like, you... Sure, like it's,
4: just, it's like chefs. You don't want the chef you to go, talk to the
6: customers. Yeah, you go in the room, like, you get sweaty, you turn on your music, whatever you it is. a lot
4: of cocaine in the bathroom. Like, it's fine. Um... I don't know. I um, It's also it's like, like...
6: It's like not like... T- it depends on the restaurant too, you know? Yeah, there are, um, everywhere's if different. If there's like f- oh, oh, like very friendly like customer uh, relations between like workers and, re- and uh, customers, that's fine. Um, it's a weird thing to plop in there. I think he's just trying to... He's trying to give... He's trying to give general life advice, which he always does, yeah. that everybody could give and make it specific to this one example, which is what he does all the time, right? He's like, yeah, it's good to like get to know this person and this type of person and go out in the world and do this. And he's just using dishwashing as, as an example.
4: Yeah. He's generally using it as an example. And I, I mean, as a, like, yeah, whatever. I don't think that dishwashers want to talk to the customers. No, also. no like part, <laughs> a big part of managing any successful enterprise where there are customers is limiting who has to deal with customers because that's the thing that sucks the most, right? Because they're the worst people in the world. Um, like the, the last part, like you, you, you want as many people as possible to not have to talk to the customers directly because fuck those. People. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I just, well,
6: so quick note, if we're, if listeners, if, if we're listening to a clip, and suddenly you hear like a snicker or a laugh, a guffaw, a little chortle. Yeah. Uh, it might be because of what he's saying, if you think what he's saying is funny. It's probably because they just did the split-screen thing again. And it's so <laughs> jarring and off-putting. And it surprises me every time because why are they doing it? It's so weird. <laughs> it seems like they're doing it at random. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just like, well, we need to do the split-screen thing again. And I can't wait for it to be three Petersons on screen <laughs> at once.
4: Now, Cody... A lot of evidence shows that of all of the jobs in the United States, the highest level of substance abuse is pretty much working in a restaurant, particularly like... Working in the back of a restaurant, like mm-hmm. those are as as uh, 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 Anthony Bourdain uh, very very eloquently wrote about. Like that's just a a pretty durable fact. And yeah, I, I think front I, of the I,
6: restaurant is cocaine, back of the
4: restaurant is yeah, all drugs. <laughs> yeah, and I I, I I'm going to be honest with you. The only reason I might believe that Jordan Peterson did what he said, and he claims he went from being a dishwasher to a short order cook, is that I can't imagine him sitting in the back of a restaurant doing lines of a variety of benzos and, and stimulants and, you know, whatever, whatever he could get his hands on. Look at the man. Look at yeah. that. Look at that shirt. Tell me, tell me that man hasn't tried to straighten the lines in a rain. nagel mm. painting. <laughs> I can't tell you that. Oh, <laughs> uh, good guy. Oh, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Um, anyway, he's on the verge of sounding like a normal person here until we get to this line. You know, it's, not
7: intellectual work and that you're not dealing with abstractions although it can still be complex that's why we don't have dishwashing robots by the way
4: (laughs) no Cody (laughs) quick quiz good sir do we in fact have dishwashing robots
6: uh yeah I feel like maybe if you just cut off the word robot (laughs) (laughs) yeah we stopped we didn't use the word robot for it but we have Washing machines and I feel dishwashers. like almost everyone
4: listening has a machine that washes dishes. Um
6: you know, not all places have dishwashers, but sure. everybody knows that they good. exist.
4: Yeah, I, again, I, obviously the point he's making is that, like, yeah, if you're e- – e- even with all that machines can do, if you're, like, running a professional restaurant, you're going to have someone whose job is keeping the dishes clean because machines can't do everything. Right,
6: and, like, sometimes but you run the dishwasher the and you're like, it.
4: oh, the dishwasher didn't work. Yeah. I got to use my
6: human hands that have yeah. certain ways they can move and they can get in there and clean better. It's, it, but. it's so
4: funny because, like, the most famous labor-saving device in, in on the planet is dishwashers. <laughs> like, it's it's –
5: it's, it's as if, he, if you know, if we didn't know that clearly Game of Thrones fan, if it was like the only TV show this man has seen is the Jetsons and like he's basing yeah. everything mm-hmm. off of Rosie the robot.
6: I mean, yeah, it's I like there's, there's, there's Flintstones life, and then there's yeah. Jetsons and there's like nothing in between. Yeah, there's nothing no.
5: in between. But even have the
6: Flintstones had like dishwashing
4: like what birds and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They should have called this show Flintstones, Jetsons and... Scooby-Doo and, and Scooby-Doo's mm-hmm. uh, or I guess we would
5: have just done, I had it between have just done Dragon Tales Dragon Tales if we
4: ever get that big Exxon <laughs> sponsorship to, mm-hmm. to, to fund this podcast and I become a millionaire I'm going to pay Jordan Peterson a fortune to watch Old episodes of the of a uh, uh, Scooby Doo where they have the Harlem Globetrotters Trotters on mm-hmm. and like weep over the Jungian profundity of uh of sweet Kyle sweet Kyle sweet Lyle whatever his fucking name was oh that's um, a waste
6: of money he'll do that for free
4: he'll do that for free he loves doing Dr. that. Doctor Peterson, what what do you think about the time the Harlem Globe Trotters solved the mystery of Old Man McGregor's haunted Airbnb? I don't know whatever. Well, Old it's Man McGregor is I've nothing,
6: right? It. He's this sort of this dragon and. So- you and you have to you unmask it and it turns out it's yourself because we are all our own dragons. Uh this font is you did garbage much better on that way. than I do. This uh,
4: terrible
5: upsets me. What an t-
4: awful font they chose. It's <laughs> it like, a step above um it's a step above paprias, but not much. Not really.
5: I'm sorry, what did you just call but, uh, that? Uh, thank font? you. Thank you, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm What>? Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, what? What did you? watch font? He's
6: referring to the papyrus font. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I don't, <laughs> I don't even
6: think this is a step above that though I don't I either It's we it's got these weird like cuts in it It's like it's and, like, trying
5: to seem like Very like royal but also has Like a weird slime thing going To it right. I don't and this, know And the
6: slime is for the curves of yeah, Letters
5: the O's But on this only are so O's ridiculous. and C's O's, are, O's,
6: O's are C's, and
4: G's And it's but like a little slug Yeah,
6: I, I don't, don't There's it. some
5: slime to it but It's not
4: like that exciting to listen to people
6: describe also, fonts But
5: but yeah,
4: this is the one. The E is too cl- easy to mistake for an L, uh, F at distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. Because the bottom too thin, is so thin. Too thin. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Fuck this font. <laughs> fuck this font. Um, um, Robert, so it is time for you this, to do an ad break. You know who will fuck a font? Oh, for sure. They'll get their dick right in there. Mm-hmm. In sure. fact, every time you buy one of the products sponsored on this show, our sponsors purchase irreplaceable ancient Egyptian papyrus And then have sex with it. Mm -hmm. That's a guarantee. I'm so glad you learned how to pronounce that word. With every purchase you make, irreplaceable human knowledge is lost forever. We promise that and nothing else. I hope it's another gold ad. Me too. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game.
0: I wanna be remembered
1: for just being me. Amy Winehouse, back to black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th.
4: My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
3: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this: there's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined.
4: Oh, we're back. Boy, <gasps> I sure feel like the library of Alexandria was just burned for my my own sexual gratification. How about you, oh. Cody? I was going to describe it exactly like that. Wow, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're we it's like we're united by epigenetic collective unconsciousness that's where this all ends anyway whatever um
6: <laughs> oh yeah oh, by pe- the way we believe everything jordan peterson believes <laughs>
4: <laughs> after peterson goes on another you know, vamps for a little while uh he says very little of substance and mostly just asks rhetorical questions about self improvement stuff like can you improve your relationship with your father can you educate yourself and then we get this very <laughs> odd Why? moment Why? all right i yeah Damn, man.
7: The draw of temptation, drug and alcohol use in particular, sexual temptation as well. Oh, do you do, you do anything that's
4: remote? Oh, ha, Cody, how would you describe that little? Play that again, Sophie. Play it how again. Would you describe that 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 little mo. When he says, "Oh," he does this like it's almost like a computer buffering. Like his his, his it, the thing that he said just sort of like caused a, a a a fucking hard drive skip in his little brain. Yeah.
5: All right, one yeah. more
7: time. The draw of temptation, drug and alcohol use in particular, sexual temptation as well. Do you, do you do anything that's He, like, yeah. he
4: like, he says, he says sexual temptation, and then casts his eyes down. There's almost a little shiver across his body oh. as he goes, oh, <laughs> it's very weird. He's such an odd speaker. It's fascinating It's, 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 it's really. I mean, I'm sure it's made him millions of dollars because there is something that like you just, I, I spent too long watching this and just going, the fuck is, what are you mm-hmm. doing? What are you trying to get across here? Mm-hmm. It's, it's cryptic. Yeah. Um, anyway. That's how he does uh, it. So
6: what does he land on? Can you resist temptation or not?
4: <laughs> uh, he never really finishes. He just glitches, and then from this point, he starts to get angrier and almost abusive. Yes! Oh, he's doing it. Yeah. Remember, yeah.
7: political party. Do you go to church? You know, I don't go to church because you know, uh, their beliefs don't match mine. It's like, who the hell cares about your beliefs? You're like <laughs> 60. You don't even have beliefs. And if you think it's like you're right and the, and the catholic church is wrong well good luck with that attitude and that isn't I mean, uh, the church for uh, example or a political party doesn't need repair because all institutions are always falling apart and corrupt that's that's a story as old as time that's the evil uncle but good you have something to
5: do
7: <laughs> we'll fix it up
5: I, uh,
6: wait a yes, second yes wait <laughs> Did he say fix it up? Go fix yeah, it up? Yeah, fix it yeah. up. I thought you're up.
4: not allowed to do that. Yeah, well,
6: he that's doesn't... exact.
4: There, none of this makes any sense. Because number one, are you saying that like people should just like you, it, 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 you, you have to join a church? which he's clearly saying, but also you shouldn't criticize it, but also instead of leaving it, if it doesn't match with your beliefs, you should change it, but also you don't have beliefs, so, and, and it's like, okay, Even so if you, you disagree, you, don't. what are you going to change it to because you don't and, believe anything? And, and what are you saying people should do? Are you saying that like they should all become Catholics or or that you should just join whatever church is closest and not question it, but fix it if it doesn't align with your beliefs, but you can't have beliefs yet because you're just a kid. It's... Um, it's nonsense it's That's, nonsense. like it's 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 just so like there's nothing so... useful in that mess of what of, a contradiction. Of... it's also just of all of, of all of the things to pick as an organization that you shouldn't criticize unreal for being wrong the catholic, catholic church. church yeah sure it's uh, not grand, incredible but... yeah thanks jordan <clears throat> um
6: i i uh... i also love his uh it's one of his ticks where he uh he like says a thing and sometimes it's like some ridiculous Mm -hmm. statement. Sometimes it's a completely reasonable thing. Uh, And he's like, well, you know, good luck with that. He just sort of like dismisses Uh, it as though like that's the argument. For example,
4: it, it seems like after the Catholic church systemically sexually trafficked and abused children and pushed for theocratic laws in Ireland that got huge numbers of women killed and maimed as a result of things like ectopic pregnancies, Irish people in very large numbers left the church and, um, things are better
6: well you know
4: that's the evil <laughs> uncle right <laughs> right the evil uncle is the, the <laughs> like,
6: like your what? evil uncle the catholic Just, priest yeah um, i mean yeah not far off yeah, but like yeah. it, so when do you because his whole thing is like don't are you you so you're like you're, you're 16 you have no beliefs and so go to any church and if it disagrees with you then you should change it but also, you're not allowed to want to change anything unless your like life is perfect and like in perfect order. So you're—it's not yet because you're 16. So like, it, don't do
4: anything. Don't leave your house, I guess. But do and, to go to church also, that the thing that's you don't believe in most consistently frustrating to me about Peterson is he does shit like drop like the evil uncle, and he does it in such a way as he's like he's trying to impress you with. By naming these archetypes and like referencing them Yeah, he as memorized it, like, categories the next... <laughs> exactly <Some stuff. laughs> and it's there's for an example of kind of like how to do this and not be a complete sh- I don't know some people will disagree with this, but like, what he's doing is not fundamentally all that different. If you sit down and listen to Dan Harmon talk about like the story circle, which is basically him taking the fucking hero's journey. And putting it into a way that you can pretty easily turn into scripts, right? That's all it is. It's not yeah, it just like
6: distills it down to yeah. six
4: steps or eight eight steps yeah, exactly. instead of twenty two or whatever. Dan Harmon plenty of things to criticize about the man, but all he's actually he's not trying to say there's any sort of like psychic resonance with that. He's being like this is a very simple replicable way to tell a story in a way that that people can can grasp onto, right? There's a right. reason it's successful. and people
6: like stories that have this. It, 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 yeah, you go know, you do the yeah. thing, you change, and then yeah.
4: Peterson is that rather than the evil uncle, just like being a thing that's in some movies and TV shows, because it's easy. I don't know. It's something that people tend to like grasp onto. Um, It's just kind of an easy way to, 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 tell a story, right? Like it's fucking Scar in in The Lion King. It's not a complex story. There's not a ton going on there, but it works. And like, but Peterson is taking it as if, and because this is like a a trope that is broadly functional in storytelling that is meant for a popular audience, it is indicative of something fundamental to human nature.
6: Right, as opposed to like, uh, you know, first of all, if you see a pattern... We, yeah. we humans love to see patterns and we do put, uh undue emphasis and importance on patterns even if they're it's not like a significant pattern but like what he's talking about most of the time in this respect is like just stereotypes yeah like if you take like you said like the lion king or hamlet or whatever so scar the evil uncle if scar had a kid ah, Mufasa, the kind uncle archetype. Like, it's yeah. literally, like, it's just these interchangeable things. Uh, the qualities described in, like, he's like, ah, oh, the, the crone. The crone. Make it a man, and you change the name, yeah. and it's like uh, I don't know. It's, uh,
4: yeah, all it, all of this can work, and it's I don't like know, helpful it's, for people in situations like certain sites, like like all of these archetypes that he treats as if they're like something sacred written into the back of the human soul are just shortcuts to like very easily putting together a fucking script for like a popular, like specifically for a popular fucking movie. That's like most of the modern adaptations of this shit. Like it's not. None of this is like none of this is particularly resonant, and you can tell that for a fact that the stories that are like most popular are often the ones that that break some of these rules. like they're not actually fundamental to good storytelling. They're just simple, um,
6: yeah. Yeah, Uh, it's not it's not necessarily going to be the most compelling or interesting story if you use all these archetypes or this
4: like pattern because it's uh, most stories. They're training wheels. They're training wheels. If you're starting out writing stories or if you're getting lost in the weeds, it, it can be an easy way to like get something put together and then you can do a better thing next time. Um, but I don't know, whatever. I, I get frustrated when people talk about fucking archetypes like this. Well, so when
6: he's talking about it like this and like applying it to like element, like fundamental, like institutions and elements of society where it's like, you, these are different
4: conversations that you need to have. Like the fucking, the evil uncle is a bad guy in a script because a script needs a bad guy because conflict is fun. The Catholic church is bad because they raped a bunch of kids and covered it up. And that's a reason why maybe you would not believe anything else they have to say. Right,
6: like maybe it yeah. stems from certain aspects of their like core beliefs. I don't know. Exactly, maybe.
4: yeah. Maybe there's fundamental things about the structure of an organization like the Catholic Church that are abusive, but Jordan Peterson fucking loves hierarchy. And the right, and just like and the, inevitab- is, yeah. the
6: inevitability of everything, right? Yeah, Like if, anyway. if an institution is corrupt, it's because all institutions become corrupt, like ultimately, um, it's not a problem with anything about the institution. It's, yes, yeah, it's corruption.
4: That that happens. Yeah.
6: Uh, except for in my institutions that I like.
4: <laughs> like. So the next section of the video ask Peterson to define what makes a man. And this is the first point at which I think someone like put together, like maybe after the first 10 minutes of this were recorded, which probably took three days. Somebody yeah. like jotted down some fucking notes into something resembling a script to try to put a scaffolding on this motherfucker. Right. Here we go.
7: Definition, man. Ah, what am I, a biologist? But as it happens, I am a biologist. So,
4: no, you're not. No, not yeah. No, you're not. I I felt like you were going to have a reaction to that. He is absolutely not a fucking biologist. Um, Oh my god, you can say
6: that you like. I like. Oh my god,
4: a scientist wouldn't talk like like this.
6: A physicist wouldn't say I'm a biologist because you like know a lot about biology.
4: Yeah, it's it's very frustrating because, like, yes, theoretically, it, like he has a PhD in clinical psychology. There are clinical psychologists who do biology, right? Because some of them are ne- do neuroscience, right? There are and elements that's, that's of a it, kind exactly. Of biology, but that's not
6: what he does. That's not what he does, and that's not that's just not how people in the scientific community talk. Yeah, like it, he he says this about everything. Like it's it, it, if you it, uh it's funny he, he would say, like he would say, if he's describing like um what the Pareto principle as it, it like it relates to black holes or whatever, he would literally say, I'm an astrophysicist, no no, 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 you maybe you know about astrophysics and you have like knowledge in that field, but no like actual like reasonable like respectable scientist would just make a claim like it- that.
4: There's it's so wild many, I've, he said that out loud. <laughs> you go in, in your three-hour video of about Dr. Jordan Peterson, about how he's fundamentally wrong about lobsters and the shit he says about, like, yeah. neurotransmitters and lobsters. He's wrong about a lot of important things, including that time he went cold turkey off of benzos by going mm. to some weird clinic in Russia and nearly got himself killed. Yeah. Um, but... I, I want to stick to stuff that he claims that he makes in the video to to prove that he's if he is a biologist totally fact, yeah, yeah yeah he's You've a really you're a bad biologist. one let's see if um, you are let's but see like, if you are so yeah I
6: I, I want to sorry I, I just have to like give him a little like in good faith you know reasonable mm-hmm. doubt yeah some people's talk in this way like. What you're saying, you're not saying I'm a biologist. You're saying, I believe in biology yeah. and I have knowledge of it and I approach things from a biologist's perspective, is yeah. what he's trying to say. But that
4: but he wasn't precise in his he's, speech. He's so not he's, at all precise in his speech. And he's also about to be really wrong. Because after cool. this, he goes Hell on yeah. a little rant about how some people are charitable, but they're not hardworking or practical. So they just wind up giving away other people's money. And that's bad. Um what he's <laughs> He says that the ideal thing to be the essence of masculinity, in fact, this is what he because he's again, this section is where he's trying to define a man. He says that the essence of masculinity is productive generosity, which seems to he seems to define as actually being a dick um, because he doesn't think that like generosity means being good to people. He thinks it's like. It's this weirder concept about how, well, sometimes generosity is like being mean and withholding resources from people who are going to, to squander them, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And as he's doing this, he attacks the concept of agreeableness. And I want to play you this, this part of the, the episode, Cody, because this is, yeah. uh, we, we can nail into some science here. Yeah, we will get into
7: it. Basically, an empathy dimension has no correlation whatsoever with success in enterprise, business, creative domains. In fact, among managers, agreeableness looks like it's slightly negatively correlated with success because hyper-agreeable managers can't say no, and they can't discipline their employees, they can't set limits, and they're susceptible to manipulation, so.
4: Well, Cody, that sounds like something that's falsifiable, right? That is a that is a, a true or a false statement that he just made. We can actually dig into research. Yeah, it seems this. like because, you could look that up. Yeah, and it, it turns out we're really lucky here. There was a massive meta-analysis of Hell studies yeah. <laughs> published on quote agreeableness on it and its consequences just this year. Hell Researchers yeah. Michael Wilmot and Dennis Ones analyzed 3,900 studies involving <laughs> 1.9 million participants. Good so Lord. pretty big meta-analysis, that seems pretty right? They concluded, quote, overall. Well, the trait has effects in a desirable direction for 93% of variables. Wow. Professor Wilmot seemed adamant that not only is Peterson wrong about the value of agreeableness, he's specifically wrong about its impact on leaders. Quote, Michael Wilmot, assistant professor of management at the University of Arkansas in a university release, said, quote, agreeableness is the personality trait primarily concerned with helping people and building positive relationships, which is not lost on organizational leaders. Taken altogether, the interaction among things became clear. Professor Wilmot concludes agreeableness was marked by work investment, but this energy was best directed at helping or cooperating with others. In other words, teamwork. So (laughs) just, he's exactly wrong. And it took 30 seconds to find Yeah, they looked at these like thousands of studies involving nearly 2 million people. And it turns out being agreeable really works well uh, Mm. in teams. And I don't know, Cody, you and I have both worked on teams. You know what's great is not working with assholes.
6: <laughs> oh yeah, we don't like that. It's not fun. Uh, it makes it unpleasant, and you don't
4: like, want to do a the good job. One of the most important things in in particularly like uh, uh, comedy, like sketch comedy, whatever, is like. Yes, and, which mm. is fundamentally being agreeable. It's Agre- not like, like trying to yeah. shut down a joke. It's trying to expand it, you know? Yeah, agree um, plus. Ag- agree plus right? Yeah, agree plus, right? Yeah, um, because that that works pretty well. People, people, it tends to make for things that are funny.
6: Wow, it's fascinating that people like working, to, like people who mm-hmm. are easy to work with. Yeah. Uh, I love this and I really appreciate that you instantly look this up because yeah. he does this all the time. Uh, he'll say, like, I've read the literature, and it's this way. And then you look yeah. it up, and it's not that way. Or he'll no, make these broad claims wrong. about these sort of things. And it's also stuff where it's like, you are a psychologist. That is yeah. your field, and you're making these claims. And I just looked it up, and you're wrong. Um It's alarming
4: that yeah. this man is in this fine leather chair. It is. It is. And it is a nice-looking leather chair. I have oh, to yeah, say, sure this whole library – Whoever they have directing, putting the set decorations together, they've made, mm-hmm. a, they've made a very welcoming looking library behind.
6: Oh yeah, 1 million for the um, library, 4 million I for I don't Peterson. believe he's
4: read any of those books, but it's a well, nice looking he? library. He skimmed um, them for a few words that he could say to reinforce his point. Yeah. Uh, so Jordan's view of masculinity doesn't leave much room for teamwork. It becomes quickly clear that he doesn't see management as a thing people do in specific instances to help groups accomplish tasks. And instead, he he sees management as how a healthy man looks at every relationship in his life. And I mean management the way that like a leader in an organization manages. And Sophie, let's uh, play that next clip. Oh. Time.
7: <laughs> and then you should be responsible for and productive for as many people as you can manage. And so that might be first your intimate partner, your wife. <clears throat> Second, your, your parents, your siblings, your, your children, maybe your children primarily. Although you know, there's a trade-off there with your wife.
5: (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, again, the split screen is just
3: uh, just so funny
4: every time. Uh, Why? (laughs) Next, he says that you should seek to manage your community and local government if it's possible at all. And it's become—it's pretty clear, I think, at this point, that his version of masculinity is nothing but control. And it's a specific sort of control that's motivated by self-hatred. And you get glimpses. I don't think Peterson's even really super aware of it, but you get glimpses of the centrality of self-hatred to his concept of masculinity and these little gaps and cracks, like this one here.
7: Go on all that responsibility, if you can, in... A sense that's both productive and generous that gives you something to do justify your miserable life to yourself and everyone else and you need to do that Uh, it it orients you solidly in the world if you do that and it gives you a dragon to fight a real one and that's where the gold is so as everyone has known forever (laughs)
5: <laughs> oh my god oh my god oh my god robert oh. robert can we do an ad break right now just so that there's a gold yeah. ad please that's I really hope well, we have a gold <laughs> ad if you want
4: to know where else the gold is check oh, out the sponsors it. to this podcast which apparently include these this random gold scam company
5: <laughs> oh <wonderful. laughs> fucking buy
4: the gold and give it to a dragon so you can yeah. fight it
6: yeah and then take the gold back and then
4: it's yours again <sighs> yeah
2: All you can stream with Zumo Play.
4: Ah, we're back. So, I think all of that's really fucking silly. Um, yeah, it like, is. It's actually um, he, just, I mean, like, he talks about that a lot. advice about being a person.
6: Yeah, he all, he always sort of comes back to, like... And, like, you know, there are ways to say this and discuss this. Like, life is suffering, and life is miserable, and you, you suck, and everything's bad. Um but you're you need to find you need to create a purpose is what he's talking about oftentimes
4: we're talking about what masculinity is right right man and like managing which is productive Just- generosity which means managing every single being a being a, a hierarchical centralized leader of every aspect of your life and every relationship that you're involved with and then once you're in control you should go seek out dragons to fight using presumably other people to do a lot of the fighting
6: Oh, yeah, you send them off to get the dragon so you can get the gold. Um, It's, yeah, he's all it always circles, it's weird because he also, like, he dismisses this idea that certain things in society are about, like, power. Like, oh, they say it's about power. It's like, no, it's not, it's about this, it's about biology, or, like, how men have these fucking, like, you know, genes or whatever. Um, But ultimately, he's just, but then he comes back to this, like, yeah, you need, like, this control to do this. How do you do that? Well, you need to have the power to do that. Um he he just always comes back to just like ultimately I be a strong man. I, we need being a man is being like a dictator in your life.
4: Yeah, and it it's interesting because like obviously Jordan's the kind of guy who like worships these quote-unquote traditional like kind of militarist values um and and hierarchy in that sense. But if you actually look at like what makes the best, the most functional military hierarchies on the planet, Um, they all are based around the idea that you should have a really strong non-commissioned officer corps. And this is certainly a kind of strict hierarchy, but it's a hierarchy that is in a lot of ways less centralized than the kind of pyramidal hierarchy that Jordan Mm -hmm. B. Peters, It's, it's based around the idea that you should actually have a lot of little leaders that are invested in a great degree of autonomy and whose expertise is respected. And oftentimes, like if you have a unit like a platoon you have an officer who's technically in charge and then you have an NCO who is technically under him but who is generally recognized as actually being more expert in a lot of ways. And both of them like take on different tasks and that's necessary for actually effectively leading a unit through combat because- it, Are you it's, talking about it, working together? Yeah, I'm talking about like working together. Oh, um that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's all- these, these ideas, and it requires a great deal, an effective functioning effectively as a unit in any kind of like strenuous or dangerous situation, does at times require there being a person who is saying like do this and do that because sometimes that's necessary when you're trying to accomplish goals under stress. But the thing that requires most of all is like mutual respect um, and an understanding of people's talents and an ability to give uh, subordinates autonomy. Because organizations that don't do those things can survive if there's not a danger being put on them, if there's not like a threat. But if you're actually being threatened, you want as much intelligence to be available from the organization as possible. And you only get that by giving people the ability to act with a degree of autonomy.
6: That doesn't sound very productively generous of you, though.
4: Yeah, uh, we could talk a lot about like the Ukrainian military versus the Russian one. But let's move on. (laughs) Um So his next question is, oh, actually, this kind of ties into that. How should you arm yourself? Um, and the answer that Peterson gives is a humanities education, um, which is interesting to me. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah. And he thinks that he kind of defines a good education in the humanities, is reading great men. And to his credit, he says great women, too. Um, he's actually him. pretty careful about that in that. So I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a thumbs up, Dr. Yeah, only
6: took eight fucking
4: years. Yeah. <laughs> So after this, we get an extended rant about how if you either lie or you just say things you don't fully believe in, like if you alter your own beliefs to like write an essay to get a good grade for mm-hmm. a teacher to impress someone, then you're letting someone else control and speak for you, which is kind of like basically letting a, a demonic spirit run your body.
6: Mm. Um This is interesting for yeah. two reasons, actually. One is that he says this all the time. <laughs> yeah. This is another one of it, another one like thing where it's like, why does this show exist? This is just everything you've ever said in your, like your books and stuff. Um, but also uh, Ben Shapiro has literally said the opposite. Like he, his advice to his advice to uh, people at school is to uh, do what he did, which is just regurgitate everything his law professor said, yeah. pretend that he believes it so that he can, he can like pass the grade.
4: And that's, I'm never going to say it's about uh, Ben Shapiro, but like, that's a valuable life skill. like, Sometimes you're going to get pulled over by a cop and you're going to need to lie to that police officer so that you don't suffer consequences that'll fuck your life up, right? Sometimes, perhaps, you're trying to get on an airplane and you have a bag that's over the limit and being able to, like... Lie about it mm-hmm. and convince someone not to weigh it is a useful life skill because then you don't, you're not out $50. Sometimes you sit down with someone who's maybe kind of a crazy asshole, and it's just the easiest thing and the safest thing to not engage with them over some of the things that they're saying. If it's not, you know, I'm not saying. Don't engage with racists, but a lot of people are just assholes in ways that it's like I don't need to. You, you don't need to argue with them. Yeah, why you know, do you? We don't need, need to you you never. This. Some, sometimes you just be like, okay, okay, let's end the interaction and smile at them. That's a useful life skill. People who are able to do those things, who are able to understand how to. I don't need to be totally honest right now. I don't. Also, need to I, I can just end the interaction, and I want to do that in a pleasant way. So I'm just going to pretend like I don't think this person is dumb as shit. Right? Like that's fine.
6: Yeah, and but his his sort of assumption I think and maybe he's changed his mind since is that like if you keep, if you do that and you do it like more than a few times, you'll start believing the things that you're that you're allowing to be said. I don't know, um, Cody.
4: I've lied to a lot of cops about having weed in the car and I've never thought that my car back in the day didn't have weed in it. And didn't deserve to have weed in it. <laughs> and didn't deserve to have weed in it. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, whatever. The good thing about this rant is that it gives us another little moment of accidental honesty from Dr. Peterson. I love it.
7: I think, well, God, that was a miserable life. I manipulated everybody. They were so damn stupid. They were sucked in by it. They're all contemptible. Everyone does it, you know, which they don't, by the way. And so that's a pathway to bitterness.
6: Pathway to bitterness, huh?
4: Uh-huh. Pathway to bitterness. Um, I, I, he kind of, I, I feel like he's talking about himself there. Uh, I'm just going to say it. I feel are, like he's talking about himself. Are you
6: saying that Peterson often comes off as a bitter old man?
4: <laughs> yeah, I think he's a bitter old man, and I think he's bitter because the only thing he's done with his life is manipulate people. Mm. Um, and it's, he says, again, he He talks a lot about how there's no difference between the spirit of manipulation taking you over and demonic possession, And he says the only thing that stopped him from being canceled is that he's a fundamentally honest person, which is fun because Jordan got famous for claiming that Canadian Bill C-16 was going to force people to use gender-neutral pronouns for non-binary and transgender identities and legally punish them if they didn't. People were going to be literally thrown into prison. Mm. Um, He gave a lot of interviews saying, like, I think some of the things that I say in my lectures now might be illegal. I think they might even be sufficient for me to be brought before the Ontario Human Rights Commission under their amended hate speech laws. This has never happened. Nothing like this has ever happened in Canada. Canada to dr peterson or to anyone else he was completely full of shit um he knew what he's doing like, yeah uh, the, the
6: first video i mean the first video he shared about that topic uh was like professor against political correctness yeah. he knew exactly what he was doing
4: <laughs> and it's it's like if you actually look at the and if you actually talk to any of the canadian legal experts about what this law meant and what the actual... Because there is a threshold at which hate speech is criminal in Canada, and the threshold is pretty high. You would have to be literally advocating for genocide. You, you would be having to try to incite a genocide, which, number one, none of... Whatever you want to say, his comments back then did not cross that line, and apparently no one's has, because no one's has, no one's been prosecuted for this. Mm. There's been no criminal cases as a result of this. Um, I might argue that perhaps there should have been, but whatever. Mm. <laughs> um, so Peterson veers from this into an unhinged dissection of Sleeping Beauty. He really, he's he's got an old school Disney fixation. I'm just going to have <sighs> yeah, Sophie he really, he play. he really
6: does. Well, because they're it, the, the old stories, right? They're fairy tales. They're the evil they're, uncle, the, you know. The ones that are exactly.
4: <laughs> anyway, here's Jordan Peterson.
7: <sighs> so what can you arm yourself with? You know, in Sleeping Beauty, when the uh, the God. prince, he's entrapped in the in that castle by uh, Mal- Maleficent, who's the ultimate Oedipal mother. She transforms <laughs> herself into a dragon, which everyone seems to just take as a matter of course, because of course the evil witch transforms herself into a dragon. But why we think that's logical is a deep question, an archetypal <laughs> question. But anyways, He's armed with the sword of truth, and I believe it's the shield of virtue, but the sword of truth, and thats it's a corny trope in some sense, but mm. it's not corny at all, because how could <laughs> falsehood prevail against truth? How could that possibly be the case? If, if what is true reflects what is real, how can what is unreal prevail against what is real? And so, you know... <laughs>
6: i love when he does <laughs> stuff like that and then he's like and so and he's like wait what was i talking about
4: yeah <laughs> like, none of that was, makes any my, my sense point? at all first off jordan we accept it when the witch turns into a dragon because it is a fantasy cartoon, and she's mm. a witch. Mm. So even though witches don't always turn into dragons in movies, and in fact, usually don't in movies with witches, we're all like, yeah, whatever. Like, she she just did a bunch of fucking gobbledygook magic. It's fine. Like, there's, there's fucking... But also, like, like
6: <laughs> it, it, even just like, okay, yeah, she's doing magic and stuff. Oh, she turns into a dragon. She's deceiving, uh, whether it's like her true form or she's turning to a dragon deceiving him. I've got the sword of truth like he was right the first time yeah it's a little corny trope it's a little on the nose it's just, it's like he's just he's taking this it's like visual metaphor movie. or like this imagery and being like wow yeah right? truth is important <laughs> like yeah. it's just like
4: what yeah, is- it, 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 yeah. uh it, it's like if it's like if jordan peterson watched happy gilmore and was talking about the scene where he does a Subway ad. And he's like, we accept the Subway ad because somehow fundamentally there's something about human beings that make them want to sell $5 sandwiches. No, we accept the Subway ad because there was a lot of advertising in movies at the time and it was clearly a joke about that as well. Like it's Anyway, whatever, Dr. (laughs) Peterson. I watched Happy Gilmore recently. Holds up. Um, Fine film. Uh, Quite good film. You know, weirdly enough, Shooter McGavin is the same as the Fed from uh, the Iron Giant. Oh, oh, I did know that. Actor. Yeah, yeah, same actor. That. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's all it's all good. Um, is it's it? It's all... <laughs> His entire argument here just rests on like this very ridiculous tautology. If what is true reflects what is real, how can what is unreal prevail over what is real? Well, I don't know. If you lie and you get a crowd of people to believe a man committed a crime that he didn't commit, and then you get them to lynch that man so you can take his stuff, it seems like what is unreal can prevail over what is real and does so regularly.
6: Well, right. right? Like look at (laughs) like his, any
4: like historical record, like, yeah,
6: it happens all the time. Constantly works. What are you talking about? Constantly works.
4: One of the most successful strategies in all of history. Because also,
6: because he'll and he'll because he talks about these things too. He talks yeah. about like, uh, like different regimes and their propaganda and how effective it is, and like it's talked about Nazi. Well, he talks about Nazi Germany well, as like, being this weird for a collective positive example of this, nation, like, But like, I don't
4: know there's whole families of people who exist because at some point someone was asked, "Are you hiding a Jewish family in your house?" And they said, "No," like. Mm. turns out but how but did they not have the sword of truth (laughs) like no they were good at lying and that's an important life skill (sighs) um anyway one thing like yeah it's 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 very fun because a lot of like Not only is this stupid, this is advice that is almost tailor-made to create failures of people. Uh, Listen to this portion, where he complains that people who do the writing they're assigned by their teachers just to get a grade are, like, inherently breaking some sort of moral law. Wait, okay. (laughs) Yeah, check this out. Why write?
7: Well, maybe you're writing about something important, and if you're not, then it's just a lie, the whole enterprise. So write about something important. Why do you want to write? Well, so that you can think. That's what you're doing when you're writing Revelation. Here's some ideas I have. You do your research. Here's some ideas I have. I'll get them down. Then I'll edit the idea. So I only keep the best ideas. Well, now I know how to think about that. Now I know how to perceive that. Now I know how to act on that. Well, now you know how to perceive and act in relationship to something difficult. Well, that's why you learn to write. It's so you can think. And you know, everyone says to their children, think before you act well why so you can not do stupid things so why think
4: so you don't do stupid things Why not do stupid things? Stupid things, perhaps, like getting addicted to benzos while eating nothing but red meat for months, and then letting your daughter take you to a weird Russian clinic where you do a cold turkey detox, so dangerous it nearly kills you, leaves you in a coma, and results in you becoming a broken shell of a man who cries at random during podcast interviews. And
6: can't sleep for 30 (laughs) days after drinking a sip of cider. (laughs) Like... It's, well, I, Jordan, another, I feel like a
4: lot of people just do essays because they need to get the grade because they're paying like eleven hundred dollars to take this fucking class.
6: Also, like there are a lot of ways that like to learn how to think and like different processes and yep. again like pattern recognition and all these sort of like lo- logic and reasoning and and whatnot. Oftentimes, learning to write is to it's not to think; it's to communicate yeah. your thoughts. Yeah, um, it is what. He's really trying to say... Also, this is like a thing he's... Again, it's another one of those like... Heard this 90 times from this guy. Yeah. Uh, but...
4: <sighs> it's just like... Jordan, if being a good writer meant you were a good thinker, then writers would be famous for being well-adjusted people with healthy habits. Mm. Rather than like the most comprehensively broken <laughs> career field in 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 the entirety of the arts and sciences. Like, <sighs> name a famous writer... Uh, and and then name what they're famous for outside of their books and it's probably the fact that their life is a disaster right and like it's not that which is not to say that you need to have a disaster of a life to be a writer it's just to say that writing well does not mean you know how to think well right
6: <laughs> you can communicate again you can communicate your yeah. thoughts that you're having you have these th-
4: <sighs> Orson Scott Card beautiful writer dog shit opinions about the world <laughs> Also, I love this idea that like, if if you watch the
6: video, he's using his hands a lot and uh, talking about you write it and then it's this big, long thing, and then you edit it down to just the best ideas. I don't know if anyone listening has seen Maps of Meaning. <laughs> Ooh, I don't think it had an editor code. <laughs> it's like thousand-page uh, diagram of a dragon. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you should write more to learn how to think better. Uh, but it's like you're learning how to put forth an argument, not necessarily how to think.
4: No, And, and, and that's, but... that's the thing that he says, right? Like that he's actually saying here, which is that like the goal of writing is to like make an argument to convince somebody about the way you think, rather than just trying to like explain a thing or describe a thing. It's about like everything else for Jordan. It's about domination. So if he that, play this next clip. Right. So why write?
7: How about so you can take your place in the world? Not so you can please the teacher and be some obedient like, lap dog. You need to know how to think and speak so you can lead and think and, and conceptualize and, and entrance.
4: <laughs> he does the thing again where you can see his, like, he just kind of goes away for a second mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. when he says, and entrance. And it's, I would say, pretty unsettling.
6: Yeah, well, like that, because again, it's like entran- entrancing implies deception. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, which seems yeah. contradictory to what he's trying to say, but.
4: Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's the, he, what, he, what he makes clear in this next clip is that, yeah, writing is just a tool for domination because that's the actual only task worth achieving to Jordan.
7: Pen is mightier than the sword. It's, there's no comparison the sword you know yeah fair enough and you want to be careful of someone who wields the sword but you wield the pen in a mighty manner nothing stops you ever uh, that's assuming too that you're oriented you know in some noble manner
5: he does use the word oriented like a lot
4: yeah it, it's it it sounds smarter to him than like Facing or directed or whatever, like, uh, however, I don't know.
6: It's just like, why do we need so many words to say the phrase that he already said? He said, he said the common phrase, "The pen is mightier than the sword," and then he like started to talk about it for a long time. It's like, I don't need that. I have the phrase.
4: Yeah, and it's also again, it's it's one of I I love the pen is mightier than the sword is like a fucking. Uh, because it's useless, right? It's a completely useless statement because no, the pen is not mightier than the sword. Um, The the argument is like, the actual thing that is true is that like, well, ideas can cause like titanic shifts and can get lots of people killed and can be sort of the, the, the beginning point, the wellspring of a tremendous amount of power, right? And ideas can be written down and often are and that's true. But like the fact that like, the Nazis wrote a lot of books and propaganda that was instrumental in them gaining power didn't mean that like their ability to beat the shit out of and shoot people wasn't also instrumental in gaining part of it. And a lot of people who did that weren't convinced because of like writing or propaganda, but because they wanted power and wealth and saw this as the best way to get it. And like, we're acting out of craven self-interest and kind of an in tandem thing. Again, saying Um, just saying the pin is mightier than the sword is a meaningless statement. Well, Saying so he's not
6: because like, he's not talking about that, right? Because he's he had to he had to qualify with like, well, as long as it's oriented towards like mm-hmm. moral good or wherever you phrased it. Yeah. Uh so he's not even talking about like in his view, like bad guys with a pen. No. So it's, what's
4: it's all this qualification seems unnecessary. It's fucking trash, Cody. And it, it's trash Sorry. that we're gonna let sit for today and uh finish this episode up when we come back. In part two of this, he he talks so much about too many things, and nothing at all. And he looks, I don't know, Kermit the Frog. I do like that where we've got it, where we've got it paused right now. There's Mm -hmm. like a little, you can see a little waddle starting to form on the side of his neck. Like I'm seeing double four Petersons, just just like a frog's pouch. So I don't know, maybe Hmm. Dr. Jordan Peterson is a lizard man. Let's, could be see if david ike has an opinion on that cody Hold you have anything to pluck
6: all the time every day um you know uh my name is cody johnston uh like you said the top some more news even more news uh go google it we got three hours on this guy we're talking about no, <laughs> he cody, is a
4: character your name is cody johnson has anyone johnston. ever called, johnston mm-hmm. sorry has okay. anyone ever called you sea jizzle No. Well, technically, yes, because you just did. There we go. Mm -hmm. Episode's over.
6: (laughs) Oh, good.
5: (laughs) Behind the Bastards is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com. Or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.